Hey everyone, Jason here. Thanks so much for joining us, whether you are in person or online. We're glad and thankful that you're a part of our Sea Road community here today. We're wrapping up our series called Rules of Engagement, and I want to introduce to you our guest speaker, Ben Last, from Southgate Community Church in Campville. He's a friend of mine. We've become buddies since I moved to this region, even though he's a Sens fan, and I'm excited that he's going to be sharing with us today. Ben and his wife, Emily, and their three boys are incredible people, so would you join me in welcoming them here to Sea Road enthusiastically. Welcome, Ben. Wow, that's, uh, I don't get that kind of welcome in my church, and uh, that's, that's good. I, I somehow, I tricked Jason into uh, preaching at Southgate this morning, and unfortunately, you guys have me, and so we're going to try to get through this together, and uh, uh, Jason, Jason uh, touched base with me last night, and uh, the poor guy, like, he can't, he has no voice, and so he's up to bat preaching today at Southgate, and he, he actually can't talk. And so uh, he's going to, ever watched a mime give a sermon? That's kind of what he's going to be doing today, trying to, <laughs> trying to preach without words. All right, so uh, my name is Ben. I happen to be a pastor uh, over in Kempville, and, uh, and I've been there for about 12 years, and I was born uh, over in Winchester. My wife and I lived in New York for several years before coming back to Canada, and I'll show you a picture of my fam it's uh, my high school sweetheart, Emily. We started dating when she was 14, and uh, we, we dated for, for quite a long time. We got three boys, and uh, those are miracle, miracle kids because we couldn't, we couldn't have kids. And uh, God per, you know, gave us a miracle, and uh, three of them, actually. And so uh, there's my wife, Emily. Our oldest is 10. His name is Brayson. And, uh, and Beckett, he is seven. And, uh, and Spider-Man, I mean Bowen, he is four. And uh, he is, he, he actually, he believes he's Spider-Man. All right, he, he believes he's Spider-Man, and uh, you should have seen his, <laughs> you should have seen his school pictures. Uh, he did like, he, the, the, guy, the, the guy taking pictures, he had to be like, okay, you need to actually like, you're not, you need to smile, you're not Spider-Man, because he was doing like some like pose like this, like some crazy pose for the camera. And, uh, and so we, <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a bundle of joy, and uh, we, we love our life together in Kempville, and uh, it's an honor to, uh, to be here today and to talk to you a little bit, and, uh, and I love getting into the Word of God. And I know you guys have been in a series, uh, and uh, your, your series and what you guys are talking about really resonates with me. Um, I, you know, I, I would say that we are constantly uh, under attack. I mean, we are constantly in battles throughout our life. And I remember when I, when I first went to Bible college, I had this... this um, decision I need to make early on uh, about when I was 14, 15 years old. Was I going to pursue a hockey, uh, you know, head down a road of hockey and try my best and see how far I could go? Or was I going to be a pastor? And I decided to be a pastor. And I remember going to Bible college and, and, uh, and my, my, my last couple years, I kept having this reoccurring dream. And in this dream, uh, it, was, it was scary. I wake up, you know, sweating and and just, just kind of panicking and scared. And it was this dream where I was in the woods, and as I was walking through the woods, um, there were wolves chasing me. And I'd run as fast as I could, and eventually those wolves, they would get to me, and I would wake up with, with a wolf kind of biting my neck. And I kept having this dream over and over and over again. And, uh, and, and, and it was bizarre, because I'd never had that experience before, 
And, and we could say, I mean, that, that could be coincidence. That could be something that, you know, you, you, you're, you, it just happens over and over again. But for me, that kind of thing happens on a regular basis. One of the things I struggle with a lot is my inadequacies. So I'm not good enough to be a pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough to be a pastor. And, uh, and I'm struggling with that. And, and I, I, if you want to know, the, the worst night of sleep for me is always Saturday night. He asked me how many nights I stay awake on Saturday night, how many kids end up in my bed on Saturday nights. Uh, it's, it's brutal. I mean, every single Saturday night, I mean, it could be a coincidence, but it happens every Saturday before Sunday morning. It happens all the time. These things that sometimes we just blow off, but, but they actually play a part in our life, informing and shaping us if we allow them to. And, and I guess my question for you is, is do you believe that you are in a battle? A battle that you can feel, but sometimes you can't see. A battle that takes place every day and every Sunday morning before you wake up Saturday night, whether it's worth it to come to church on Sunday, how late you stayed up and maybe how cranky the kids are. The, the battles that we face, the decisions that we face each and every day, there's something going on behind the scenes. And today I want to point your attention to Ephesians chapter 6, drawing your attention to verses 10 to 17. And uh, this, is, this is one of my favorite passages. In fact, um, you know, I, I spoke about, you know, struggling with inadequacy and pressing into my call versus the things I know I'm not so good at. And one of the things that I do on a regular basis throughout my week as I go into sometimes difficult meetings or sometimes I, I go into uh, hard conversations and confrontational things and things I don't feel comfortable with, I keep this coin in my pocket and, uh, and it has a soldier on it. And on that coin, it has, it has this passage. And I hold on to it in my pocket sometimes when I don't know what to do, when, when I don't feel adequate, when, when things are stressful and hard and I hold on to that and I remember what it says. And so here's what it says. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world and against evil spirits in, in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will stand, be still standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on the salvation, put on salvation as your helmet. Take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You'll, you'll notice that the, the sixth piece of, of, of armor that Paul mentions here in this passage, it's, uh, it's the sword of the spirit. It's the sword of the spirit, which represents, you know what it represents? No? Yes? Yeah, the word, the word of God, right? Sword of spirit represents the word of God. Some of you have, some of you have your spirit, your, or your sword rather, you have it here today. You, you consult it maybe on Sundays, maybe you consult it throughout the week, you, you go to it. And for a Roman soldier, the, the sword 
uh, it served as an, as an offensive weapon. And so uh, you, you had this sword to battle your enemies. And, and these swords that the Roman soldiers had, they were so incredibly sharp that basically they could penetrate anything. I mean, they could go right through. A sharpened sword could pierce through almost anything. It was a very, very dangerous tool. And so what they would do is as it was on their right side, you know what they would do? They would be in a sheath. You know what a sheath is? It would sit in a sheath so they're not like cutting their legs. So they're, so they're not like cutting their, 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 their thumbs or, or in the battle, they're not, they're not cutting their hands or, or whatever. So it, it would stay in the sheath until they were ready to use it. Now, it's a unique weapon because it can be used in the offensive, but it can also be used in the defensive. And so it can protect you from someone else's attack, just like a shield could, right? You can block the attack of the enemy. It's offensive and it's defensive. And, and really, in our case, it protects us against the lies of the enemy, against the schemes, against the attacks. Roman soldiers, they would spend about four months, four months just training with the sword, learning techniques, learning different ways they could use it, how to use their weapon effectively. Because, because not only did the sword need to work for them, but if they didn't know how to use it effectively, basically the whole line would go down. They had to learn how to use it, not only for themselves, but for everyone, all the soldiers, all their buddies around them. And so, I guess I want to ask you is, how, how did the pandemic affect you? You might be sick of talking about it. Um, I can say that during this pandemic, this has been uh, my most difficult year of ministry. Uh, the, the lies of Satan, the, the things that were, that were small, that, that were going on in people's lives, that were unhealthy, those issues, those things that were deep within us came bubbling out to the surface and became real problems. Things throughout this, this pandemic that people have, have jumped on or rallied for, they, they all have come out during the pandemic and the isolation that we experienced how did, how did that affect you? For, for me, there were times when, when, when I found it difficult, just in my, in my personal walk, what is going on with this world? What, what are, what are, I'm not even allowed to have church. In 52 Sundays, we, we met 11 times. We just built a brand new building, and I sat in it almost every Sunday by myself. What is going on, God? What, what is happening here? And there were times, there were times that, you know what? The color of my emotion felt like this. Felt like chocolate milk. I mean, it was thick. It, it was bland. I mean, it was just, just kind of like blah. I felt, I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel good about the, the ministry that was taking place. I needed something more. I needed something in my life that was, that was you know, could, could give me some energy, could, could make things happen. But I just, I felt like this. I just felt like chocolate milk and uh, just brown cow kind of thing, right? And if I'm honest, like during that time, and, and you might feel like this, things started to get pretty blurry. 
And, and, and where we came out of that, some things that used to be right in society are somehow wrong. And, and wrong things, according to the word of God, started to become right things in our society. And if, if you weren't careful, you started, to, you started to just mix in with the rest of culture. You, you had nothing Nothing really to separate you from the rest of what was going on in society. Now, this is, this is guys, this is unhealthy for you, all right? Do we have anyone who likes, who likes Red Bull here? Anybody? Yeah, I can't even see you, but I can't, I can't see anyone. Um, but Red Bull, you know what? I partake of Red Bull every so often. I'll, ha- I'll have a little Red Bull here. I know you're probably expecting this to like explode or something, right? Uh, we're just going to leave that. See, you see, coming out of the pandemic, it was, it's really confusing. It was really confusing in the dead of winter when you're in lockdown, when you're sick of watching you know, church on, on, on your computer or on TV, trying to figure out, does this even matter anymore? Is this, is this even important in my life? Is there, is, there, is there importance of gathering as a family? Is, is, what is happening? Is, is, is this thing that, that we all you know, have in our house, is this relevant anymore? I mean, is, is this old stuff? Is it barbaric? And this is the time. This is the time in the middle of that pandemic where, where really we found out where our faith stood, how strong we were in our relationship with God. And really what ended up happening is there was a huge battle waging and it still happens today. And some of us, we took out our swords and we were ready for battle. But some of us went into that with our swords still in the sheath. I mean, it looks good. We come to church on Sundays and we got our Bibles. It, it looks like we got it together. We got a Bible sitting on the shelf in the bookcase at home. We, we have the version app in our pockets, but we don't take it out. We bring our Bibles to church. We don't, we don't actually open them when we're at home. And so I want to talk about taking your sword out of its sheath. It can't stay there. It's not meant to. It's not meant what it's, it's, not, it's not what it's for. To live each day with your sword out, the sword ready and willing and able, ready for attack, ready for pandemic, ready for financial problems, ready for job loss, ready for lies of the enemy, ready for inadequacies, ready for whatever you want to throw at me. I am ready for it because it's not sitting in my sheath. It's out here and I'm ready to go. And so here, here's the deal. I want to talk about scripture memory, memorizing scripture. And some, some of you, you're like, wow, that is like the furthest thing from my mind that I got enough things to think about and to worry about. That is not something that, that kind of is, is, is in top priority for me. But I want to, I want to push you a little bit with that. I want you to have I want you to have your sword available at a moment's notice. It's always in your hand. It's always accessible. It's always ready to go. And you will always have the weapon at your hip ready. And so I want you to memorize scripture. And and the scripture is called the word of God, right? The word of God 
And uh, before we jump in to how to use your, the sword of the spirit, I think we, we need to understand what the word, what the word word is, right? What, what is the word word? What, what is that referring to? I mean, in the Greek, there's two, there's two uh, definitions here. There's two words that kind of go on with that. Logos, which means like the written word of God. But the word specifically mentioned here in Ephesians, it's actually rema. It's the spoken word of God. Spoken. It's not, it's not written it's something that comes out of your mouth. It's spoken in the moment. And so the idea here of the sword of the spirit is that, is that you would be able to speak it. You would be able to share it. And so in fact, you know, the Bible is a very, very important thing, right? We would all agree that this is the inspired word of God. This is very important in our lives. But you got to think about the early church. The early church did not have this. They did not have the, Old, the New Testament. Because what they would do is it was all audible. They would memorize things. They would, they would recite things. They would, they would know it. In fact, Jewish kids, they, they, would, they would recite the entire Torah. They, I mean, they learned this stuff. And they would chant it. They would memorize it. And they, would, they would understand it. This was a regular occurrence in the early church. And somehow, some way, we've, we've lost that in a sense. And this is why you memorize Scripture. You realize that you are in a battle. You don't know when the battle is going to take place. And you, you, you use not only, not only the weapon offensively, but defensively. It's always ready to go. Don't go into battle every day without having the sword of the spirit in your hand. John Piper, he put it this way. He says, I don't know of any strong Christians who don't memorize scripture. I don't know any weak ones who do. And so do you know how to do that? Very practically here, do you know how to memorize scripture? Do you know how to use the sword of the spirit when you're in battle? Do you know how to use the sword of the spirit when you've been defeated in battle? When you're laying on the ground and you're getting kicked? And so it's important to learn how, how do you pick your weapon? How do you pick this thing? Well, what is the weapon? How do you pick the right one? How do you know which weapon to pick? Hebrews 4.12 really gives some, some good uh, you know, truth nuggets here. And it says this, Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so when is the last time that you read the word of God and you began to weep? When is the last time that you read the word of God and it brought you down to your knees? When is the last time you read the word of God and it was so convicting that you asked for forgiveness? When is the last time the word of God moved you? What promises in his word have you clung to during these hard seasons of life? You need to know the right weapon to use in times like those. There are places in the Bible that we're going to look first to pick your weapon against the enemy. You have to be strategic in your approach in battle. For instance, you're in the midst of being tempted by the enemy. Whatever that is for you, I'm not going to get you to share it. You know right away the things that you're tempted with. And so pick that thing. You're tempted by the enemy, right? 
You're not going to whip out in that moment. You're not going to whip out Exodus 28.5. All right. Exodus 28.5. Let's see what this says. In the middle of this. All right. Do we have this one? Okay. We don't have it. All right. Exodus 28.5. It says this. They will receive gold, blue, and purple scarlet yarns and wine-twined linen. Take that, Satan. Right? You're not going to use that. <laughs> you're not going to use that when you're getting attacked. Right? It's not the right passage. Because that verse is going to be useless. Or, or you're in this situation. And, and, and you're sitting beside someone on a long flight. And you've had this, had this real great conversation. You know all about their life. You know the struggles that they're going through. And you want to present the gospel to them. You want to share the saving knowledge of Jesus to them. And so you, you say, you know what? This is a great verse. I'm going to share Genesis 10, 26. Which says, Joktan fathered Almadad, Shelef, Hazarmapheth, Jarah. I'm not going to do that. This person would be like, what are you, what are you talking about? You're not making it. It's gibberish. I don't even know what you're saying, right? And so you, you need to strategize here. You, you need to know which weapon to pick. Now, now, some of you, if you know your Bibles, you might say, well, Ben, what about, what about, the, what about 2 Timothy 3.16, which says all scripture is God-breathed and is youthful, youth, useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. What about that? I mean, all those scriptures, they're good, Right? They, they work well, that's what it's for, but every scripture is effective for specific purposes. And so I need three volunteers, all right? Three volunteers, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. I just need to hold something, all right? That's all I'm going to ask. Three volunteers, please come on up. Don't leave me hanging. We got one, all right? One volunteer, two volunteers, three. Oh, this is great. You guys can stay right, right there and... Um, there are certain passages that you should prioritize. As you pick your weapons, you need to know which ones are going to be effective, which ones you struggle, you know, temptations you struggle with, things that you're going on in your life, and, 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 and ideas of what you need to use. Now, what I, I brought some weapons here, and, uh, and you tell me which one is going to be the right one. You might, you might actually be stepping on one of my weapons here, so I'll just, just, we'll just move here. So, what's your name? Adam? Okay, Adam, I'm going to give you the first weapon. This is, uh, my son just got this at a birthday party yesterday, and it actually, like, if you hit that, it lights up red. And so you get this, you get this foam sword, and it's ready to go, it's ready for battle. And what's your name? Mike. Uh, I got a great one for you. My, uh, my youngest son made this. It's out of um, painter's tape, and uh, I think that's, like, from a blind from Ikea, and, uh, and, and like, butcher paper. And so if you guys are, if, if you have that weapon to fight the enemy, you got the foam sword, you have, what, do you have this thing? And then, and then, and then what's your name? Brendan. Brendan. Oh, sure. Brendan. This is, this is your sword. All right. An original sword from Amazon.com. All right. And so, and so if, you, if, these, if this is the battle that is waging on, all right, no matter how skilled you are, no matter how good you look, I mean, who, if, if you're looking at which weapon to pick, which one do we think is going to work the best, all right? Let's, let's give a, let's, if, if, you're, if you're with this, let's cheer for this. If you think this is the best weapon to go again, you're getting booze. It's not nice. All right, you got this one. If, if you hit the enemy, it lights up, which is an awesome 
thing. I, I mean, it's a, it's a cool thing, I guess, right? And so how, how many, how many would be for the foam sword? Anyone? Do you, do you know that? Do you know that person? All right. And then we got this one, right? This is pretty heavy, isn't it? It's ready. It's ready to go. Like you can, you, you would basically chop those things up, right? And so who, who would, who would want this sword? All right. The Amazon.com sword. All right, you guys can have a seat. The Amazon, you guys can have a seat. The uh, Amazon.com sword is, uh, is I, I'm telling you, this is actually a very heavy sword. And you have to strategically pick the right weapon as you go into battle because sometimes the weapons that we're picking, the things that we're, that we're doing, the, the strategies that we're using, they're, they're not the right things to do. And so a sniper... Uh, you know, he's not going to pull out a bazooka. A, a cavalryman on a horse is not going not to have a grenade launcher. A fighter pilot is not going to use a sword. You have to be strategic about, about the weapon that you use against the enemy. And so, so a starting point, what, what is a starting point that you can use as you move forward, as you, as you get ready, as you train? Remember Roman soldiers, four months they train. As you get ready, as you train, starting points. What is, do you have a life verse? Do you have a life verse? So at Southgate, what we do is uh, during uh, dedication, we ask parents, uh, child dedication, we ask parents to you know, give us a life verse. We put up on the screen, we pray a blessing, that verse over them. Encourage them to, to read that to their kids. A life verse. And so what is, what is a life verse for you? What life verse do you have? Do you have one? Because that might be something you want to consider picking, might be something you want to consider memorizing. For me, it's Romans 8.28. We know that all things work for good for those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. That's mine. It's mine. I got it engraved on my wedding ring. It's, it's, it's always with me. It's something I want, to, I want to hold onto. I want to claim it over my life. Or maybe, maybe second, second verse you memorize is a is a gospel verse. It's the words of Jesus. Some of you have a red letter Bible. You take one of those things that he said, right? A, a passage that he said, something that he's spoken. It's a, it's a word. It's a promise of Jesus. Something like John 14, 6. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Memorize that, right? It's, it's a gospel-centered verse. It's the words that he, he spoke. Oh, or do you have specific Verses that you, you know you, you, can, you can speak out to battle temptation, to battle, to battle the fear as you go into battle. Claiming the truth over lies like 1 Corinthians 10.13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can... You can endure it. Claim those things. Keep them inside. So that when the time is right, your sword doesn't stay in the sheath. You're able to pull it out and you are ready for battle. But it doesn't just end with, with picking the right weapon. You've got to have a, a plan. You've got, you got to have a plan of attack, right? What is your plan? Proverbs 16.9 says this. The heart of man's plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. 
There's truth in that statement, right? It's very important to get that. If you want to succeed at memorizing a passage or scripture, if you want that to be a part of your life, it's simpler than it sounds. You have to make a plan. And after you've decided what you are going to memorize, what, 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 what um, weapon you're going to use, you have, to, you have to say, when am I going to memorize this? I know the weapon I'm going to use. How long is it going to take me to memorize? And, and really, that's half of the plan right there, right? And so you need to understand and figure out. You start with a verse. Maybe it's a verse a month. Maybe it's a verse a week. Maybe it's, it's something that you've been reading over and over that you want to, to kind of have up here. But you need to make a plan to go from point A, the information that is on the page, to point B, the information that is in your brain. And most people think it's just by like pounding it, pounding information in my brain. I'm just going to read this over and over and over and over and over and over again. And then finally, I'm going to memorize it. Somehow, some way, it's just going to stick inside of there. What, what music do you have? What music do you listen to? Because I guarantee, I guarantee some of you, you could sing the song that is your favorite on the radio. You can memorize that easily. You, you know the lyrics. You know the words. It's, it's, you can do that, right? Not a problem. What scripture are you singing? To take that as a strategy. Put it to music. There's all kinds of worship out there, all kinds of worship music. Some of the stuff we're singing, we sung this morning. Like, you know those lyrics. That's based. That's scriptural based, right? You can read those. You can recite those. You, you, you have it to, 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 to memorize as a song, right? Use that as a strategy, right? If nothing less, download Steve Green, right? You <laughs> use him as a strategy or, or a visual, a visual. What we do in our, in our um, kitchen, at our kitchen table, we got a big mirror on the wall. And every week we use uh, like those markers that you can write on windows and mirrors. And we write a verse on the mirror. And we do it every night at dinner time. We will read this verse as a family and we will have our kids memorize these verses. But as they walk by, they, they, they see this or write it in your bathroom on the mirror, right? Put it in, put it, you know, as you're driving your car, put a little piece of paper in your car. I mean, if you want to, if you want to have this in your mind, in your thought, everywhere you turn, just kind of have that reminder of the truth of God's word or reading, <laughs> reading, but not just reading. Pull that thing apart. Understand where the, the, the scripture I just read, the passage I just read, where did it take place? Who spoke it? When did it happen? All the different things, the context that surrounds it. What, what, what is this telling me? And I, am I understanding this? And, 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 and as I remember and I understand how the scripture was, was placed there and who said it and why they said it, I'm able to memorize the reasons that it applies to my life. And so these are great for when you're, you're winning the battle, but there are times, if we're honest, that we are losing the battle. And so when we're not winning the battle, I mean, if you're anything like me, you're not winning every battle. You are losing some. Sometimes you fall. And if you're like me, it's, it's a struggle. You're winning some, you're losing some. And listen, if you are losing some, or maybe you're come, you came here today and you feel like you've lost, grab your sword and get back up and claim promises. Grab that sword 
and read the truth of what it says. How it applies to your life. Because the word of God not only is offensive and defensive, but it helps us be set apart from the world. It takes the murkiness that we used to have and it separates it all out. And I can divide these thoughts as I mature in my walk with God, as I understand God's word in my life, as I apply this into my life, I can separate, I can be set apart from the world and the backwardness and the lies of the world and the things that happen in my life and the things that people speak against me and when I'm down and when I'm hurt, when I got these things going on, it seems murky. The word of God can separate, can help us to live set apart from the world, right? To, to stand firm, to stand courageous, to, to, to understand the truth of God's word and, and what it means to my life and the hope that it can provide to the world. And so the bottom line here, the bottom line is this. The sword of the spirit is given to us to make us strong and able to withstand evil attacks of Satan, our enemy. The Holy Spirit uses the power of the word to save people and then, to, and then to give them spiritual strength to be mature soldiers in God, fighting deceit and temptation that comes our way. So sometimes I, I do this weird thing. In fact, tonight we have a, a, a prayer night at our church. And sometimes I show up to prayer with this. Let me tell you, you, you cannot pray weak prayers as you're holding a sword. So I'm going to ask the team to come on out and I'm going to pray a prayer for you and your family, for me and my family down the road. The battle is real. It wages on. It's trying to take you down. Take your sword out of its sheath and claim God's promises and God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that you've given us something that is far beyond ourselves. I thank you that you give us, when we are stressed and worried and full of anxiety, you've given us your truth that gives us peace that surpasses understanding far more than a massage at the spa or yoga classes or, or, or calming music, Father. God, I thank you that we are, when we are with in, in temptation, maybe it's at our workplace or, or as we're playing sports or as we're driving our kids, as we're trying to make ends meet. I thank you that you, you have told us that we are, we are not alone, that we don't have to worry about a thing. I thank you that the truth of your word, it, it tells us that even in our inadequacies that you can use us, that you can take people like us and if we are willing to pull our swords out of our sheath, that you will use it for your good and for your glory. And God, I pray for the people here at Centennial Road as they, as they, as they claim your word, as they claim your promises, as they fight back, God, that they would take new territory and take new ground for your kingdom and your glory, God. That something spiritually amazing would happen here. It's unexplainable, but the draws. Father, may this place be a beacon of hope and light and truth. Father, I pray rich blessing 
with family here who's gathered. In Jesus' name.